Hey, rock stars, welcome back to Rock the Mic. I am your host, the Photog of Rock Gods, Mike Klein, and you're listening to the Wicked, I mean the Wicked, 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 Wicked Sermon Podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify Radio, and of course, Apple Podcast. So as you've heard, Appomattox Catfish Part 1, just going to recap it to kind of give you a, a rundown real quick. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, drop the mic. Not rock the mic, drop the mic. Savannah tells on herself she's a cheat, she's a liar, she's a thief, she's a whore. She's just everything bad about a person. And of course, her mother, she kind of populated that and kind of gave her that stake in the game as well. And if you listen to, obviously, part one, you'll hear my sentence. You'll hear a scheme by a, a girlfriend, her mother. And some poor old guy off the internet that's been brought in and manipulated to the downsizing of me. And the mother holds Savannah's the carrot in front of this man's eyes to do her bidding. So go back, listen to part one. If you have any questions, you have any thoughts, give me a shout. Part two is here. And this is where it gets good. I'm kind of excited. Finally, after two and a half years... I'm able to air out all the dirty laundry. I'm able to get this off my chest and I'm able to move on. You know what? That's the most important thing right now is just to be able to move on. Because guess what? We still got a whole bunch of shit to talk about. We got money. We got court. We got all sorts of little surprises that we're going to keep going with. So episodes four, five, and six, they're coming and they're spectacular. And they are rock the mic fashion. They are the church. They are wicked sermon. I'm your host. Once again, your VIP pass, your front row access to the roller coaster ride from hell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Let me talk to you, sermon. Wow. It has been a crazy week. Catfish one. It's out. Obviously, you've listened to it. You've probably listened to it more than once. I've actually listened to it a couple times, too, just to kind of recap, and I got to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I appreciate the feedback. I never expected it. I never expected the feedback um, and the response that I've gotten, so I hope and I pray that the awareness is actually getting out there and it continues to spread, but man, talk about a crazy opening to an episode. Like, how chilling was it to hear Savannah calling some man that she's never met at the direction of her deadbeat mother, giving instructions to scheme and to like coerce against me, the boyfriend, all because, all because she just didn't have a picture with me on Instagram, but there were other pictures of girls in my lap from like a year or two ago for like promo photos when I was sponsored with monster, like all of this shit, all of this craziness over a photo. And by the way, I didn't even know Savannah when I did all of those promo photos for the podcast with Monster. So that's what's even funnier. Like, they were pissed off about something that happened years before. But, you know, the irony of this is, and of course, we're going to talk about this later. She got upset with me because I called her out for cutting me out of a photo that we had. We had taken a picture with a country music artist I was on tour with, and she had cut me out of the picture and posted it. And then people were coming back to me going, dude, what's up with your girl posting this picture with this guy, blah, 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 blah. So talk about full circle. 
talk about craziness, talk about part one. Let's get into part two. It's my turn. Now it's my turn to talk. You listened to everything that Jamie had to say. You heard her voicemail. Now you're going to hear the real deal. You're going to hear the guy that was in the relationship, the guy that was behind the scenes. As a lot of you know, I dated Savannah for over two and a half years. I was in a relationship with her. And of course, that comes with a relationship by default with her mother, Angie. And yes, before you ask me, why was I around so long, especially knowing everything that we know now? Well, it was simple. I was in love. I thought the feeling was mutual. And I had no idea, little did I know, the dumpster fire that I had signed on for. But I definitely walked away with a lot of information, a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have been privy to, but I was. And like that asshole, I'm going to share them with you. And I'm going to share them because out of awareness, I want you to know what kind of people Savannah and her mother were. And that's who I spent the most time with. So I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Catfish 2 and what it meant to be a part of that and get some awareness out there. But before we jump into that rabbit hole, I have a special guest again. Guess who's back? Back again. Kenzie's back. There is no way in the world that I was going to do this episode as many times as I've had to go over this goddamn episode without bringing Kenzie back. So ladies and gentlemen, she's from part one. Well, actually she's from episode one. Now she's back for part two of the catfish. It's Kenzie. Hey, sweetheart. And we're back to the sweetheart voicemail again. The voicemail of Savannah that will never, ever go away. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Wouldn't dream of it any other way. So let's start from the beginning. Obviously, you know the whole deal. You know the whole story. Lots of long talks. There's no way that I'm going to be able to cover everything that's gone on behind the scenes, especially with Angie and Savannah, but we're going to hit the bullet points. We're going to hit the key points, right? Maybe you should write a book after this. Do you think that'll get my money back, though? Probably not. You couldn't get that lucky. So when you meet Savannah... Number one, right off the bat, I think you can testify to this. Angie goes everywhere with Savannah, almost like her bodyguard. It's not even like her mother. It's like the bodyguard. Right. Everywhere she goes. It's so weird. Like photo shoots, the grocery store, McDonald's to get ice, gas, whatever the case may be. Along with Angie comes stories, like stories amongst stories. It's a little overwhelming at times. Most of the time, which I think you can attest to, they're about photographers, men that have done Savannah wrong, or just in general models that have done Savannah wrong. Like she really makes Savannah's modeling career like huge. Right. It's not. And it's strange because it really is built that way. Right. And, and I hate to say, like, looks are deceiving. Looks are very deceiving on this. And it's strange. And they're so deceiving, I bought into it. Right. I mean, I, I'll be the first to say, like, these stories that she talks about, they're to the point that they're a little excessive, right? But A little? They're a little over the top, like. I don't know if a little is the verbiage I'd use there. 
But I mean, like you call bullshit on them, right? Like from the moment they're being told. Right. But she's so fucking convincing. Like to the T, like every detail. It's it's super odd. Like there's so many stories, but like like the Gonzalez stories, all the stories about her going to that New Year's party and, you know, Savannah being, you know, the, well, I guess, you know, Juan and well, I mean, you know. Well, before we get into that story, let's let's start with the first story, which is Rocket. Rocket's what started it all. So Rocket is the big story. Like he's the first story that comes out the gate that's just odd to me. Like Right. He's the first one where he was Savannah's photographer during COVID and he was obsessed with Savannah and he would take Savannah's phone away from her during the shoot so mom couldn't call her or find her because they'd go walking off places mom couldn't get to very strange and she said that there was like huge falling out with him to the point he would check her social medias and ha ha somebody else checks social medias just like angie does right (laughs) right and to the point that he would call savannah in the middle of the night i mean we're here i heard like 2 a.m and go i saw your social media you shouldn't be going out doing that or you shouldn't be doing that with this person and blah 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 and then apparently him and angie would get into it too separate And somewhere during that mix, Angie and Rocket, Rocket Morton was his name, David, had a falling out. It was a big falling out. Now, Savannah worked with him. And again, this is before I was ever involved. Worked with him when she was underage. Right. That's what he likes. So I'm not sure what went down. I'm not sure what Savannah and him did. Right. That's kind of my suspicion on the way that Angie acts and talks about it. But even, you know, to this day, and you and I have had this conversation, and I'm sure Angie's going to sit back and just grin and laugh, but Rocket won't have anything to do with a conversation with Angie or Savannah. Right. Like he's, I mean, he's scared. He's literally out of his boots, won't do it right. 100%. There's something there. Yeah. But what's odd is, is that she still blamed him. Like, all these weird things would happen to Savannah, like, apparently, allegedly, because, again, I wasn't around during this time. Savannah would have people over the house and do bonfires in her front yard, you know. Yeah. And someone had put nine millimeter rounds, ammunition, in the fire. And she blamed Rocket. Right, because that makes sense. Who does that? Right. Nobody does that. You know, I mean, what did the cops say? Wait a minute. They didn't call the cops. They didn't call the cops. Weird. And then she blamed him for like stalking, driving by the house. Cause you know, Savannah and Lim, I mean, you know, live on a yeah. main street. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like you go down their neighborhood. They live on a main street and they would always complain that, you know, that's rocket or he's grown a beard or he's changed his appearance. It was like constant things. She would say that she kept up with rocket. Right. To the point that she would go out her front yard in the morning and there would be like a glove perfectly placed like fucking oj perfect placed on the sidewalk boom take a picture of it and then she would complain things like someone tampered with the brakes in her truck and there were no brakes and that led to her having to hit a snowbank and there was all these people would be outside their window at 3 a.m with flashlights and the you know, window, like right. looking to get Savannah. But by the way, not one cop, not one sheriff called on this deal. 
That's crazy to me. You got people supposedly trying to kill your daughter. Not only your daughter, but it was a situation where there were other people's children there and the cops weren't called. You're telling me that you're wrecking your car because someone's tampered with your brakes. You have a glove like someone's been working on your brakes and you didn't call the cops. Right. No. Dude, the cops would get tired of me. Right. I mean, if and that's kind of the other thing, like how often these things were happening. And I'm again, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole with Rocket, but it's just he was their main focus for a while in stories. I mean, I'll never forget her sitting at my parents' house, Angie, talking about Rocket. Right. To my parents. And my mom is just fucking shocked, like, and you don't do anything to protect your daughter? Right. Why is this guy Rocket a conversation and not in jail? Right. You know? I remember, and this is just an offshoot, but Angie sent me pictures. Like, this is a weird one. Angie sent me pictures of Savannah's face. Where a boyfriend had come over the house and they have like a, well, you know, the downstairs basement. Yeah. And that was kind of like the hangout spot, right? And apparently the story goes that he didn't want anyone to have Savannah. So he bit her face off. Like, and I'm not trying to laugh, but like she was dating Hannibal Lecter, apparently. Oh my gosh. My question is, if this shit really happens to Savannah, where is she finding these people? Like, how does she come across every person that does the most outlandish, crazy things that nobody would think of? Is there a place called Fantasyland? That's where they live. Because at the end of the day, like I said, she, and and not to cut you off, she sent me pictures of this guy trying to bite her face off. Right. Did he go to jail? No. Apparently not. Like, so it's things like that. So the rocket thing, back to the rocket thing. She always suspicioned Rocket for doing these things. When that got old. Got to move on to the next target. Right. I guess which kind of leads you into the Gonzaleses. It does. She was doing photos for Juan and Nicole. And there was some bad blood between another model, Skylar, and Savannah. And apparently... Chris Beasley and Juan. There was all these things. Like I said, talk about drama. Right. You just can't take a fucking picture. follow Savannah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I know a lot of models. Right. You included. Thanks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you too. And you know a lot of models. I do. You've been in the scene. You go to the same school. Like... Right. You're familiar with everything that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Not one person that I know, models included, have this much drama 24-7 and this crazy. Right. Like, there's drama between models. There's cattiness. There's, I'm better than you. I did this thing and you didn't. They used me for this. They put me in this magazine. There's that. But Savannah... And Angie, come out of the gates like these people are after them. Well, cattiness is one thing, but... Right. That's what the drama between models normally is. I've never seen a situation in which so many people supposedly are coming after this one girl who isn't a hotshot model to begin with. She's cute, but she isn't a hotshot model. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like At some point, even photographers hire photographers in the area 
have said, you know, Savannah wants to take her clothes off more than she actually wants to model. And that's not modeling. Right. That's why these people want to work with her. That's why they're her money. She's their moneymaker, the favorite model, the one that gets used for all this stuff because she's the one that's willing to go in there and not sign a contract and take all her clothes off. Well, again, I mean, you say not sign a contract. That's the funniest shit in the world to me because half of these girls out here and, you know, awareness, red flag, please just let me say, do a photo shoot, do a model release. Half of these people don't even do model releases. And these photographers, I mean, like I said, you know, we'll get on Jerry Monday here in a minute, but all these people don't have contracts. Right. Especially with the, like the Beasley guys we've kind of mentioned we're not going to talk about, but like Beasley and Rat Dog and these guys, they don't have model releases for these girls that are underage getting half naked. Right. You know, which is even funnier because like they're like Savannah, her mother sanctions it. Right. And it's and again, that's where you know, this episode is about Savannah and her mother and she's the catfish and she lives Angie lives through Savannah. Right. Oh, 100%. Bottom lines. Angie's not a mother. Angie's the grenade best friend. Right. That the ugly Grinch best friend that encourages Savannah to do things. Right. So bringing it into the Gonzaleses a little bit more, that was actually a weird conversation when I was dating Savannah because they had brought up a situation that had happened previous to us dating. But what the odd thing was, it was another life issue uh tried to kill her daughter like they went to a new year's party everybody was you know hanging out and drinking and having a good time savannah's underage her mom is there of course and that girl skylar was there nicole Juan. i mean you know the flock the whole pack so long story short new year's came midnight it's time to drink champagne Hey, you want a glass of champagne, whatever. She takes a glass of champagne. Savannah's mother's like, it's fine, whatever. This is where the story gets interesting. Allegedly, they smelled fingernail polish as they finished drinking their glass of champagne. Soon after, the story is told that Savannah wasn't feeling well and had to leave the party. To follow up with this, Savannah's now in the back seat of the Tahoe crying holding her stomach mama i'm in pain mama this mama that throwing up out the car door sick unbelievable pain and the story is told that she was poisoned by nicole with fingernail polish with fingernail polish at the new year's eve party that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard there are easier ways to poison somebody than oh. <laughs> fingernail polish. Not to mention the amount of fingernail polish you'd have to ingest. Okay, serial killer. All I'm <laughs> saying is that's the story. You buy into this. You're dating this girl. You're listening to, I use this word very loosely, you listen to reason. It's her mother. Why in God's name would her mother lie about that? Her mother is Angie? Again, loosely used you don't think of it you're not in a relationship where you think that mommy dearest is really a real thing and she's crazy you you don't you're focused on your relationship you're not focused on the catfish and the right. group right you're not you're not focused on the fact that 
mothers actually do that to their children. They right. dangle their child like a piece of meat to get what they want. You don't fathom that. That's not something that you come right. by every day. So long story short, she went on to say that there was all sorts of issues after that point with Nicole. Skyler was another one of their models and Savannah. And there was a whole Native American bullshit conversations where Savannah was saying she's native, which to this day I'll stick up for her. I never saw her say that. Right. She got put onto this Native American magazine cover. Skylar got pissed off. Nicole was friends. Blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, what do you think the police said when Angie went to the police about her daughter being poisoned? She didn't go to the police about her daughter. Exactly. So they didn't say nothing. And like, here's another question. And this is, I, I eat this one apart because she's so adamant that she drank fingernail polish. Wouldn't you have gone to the hospital? Right. Like, wouldn't that have been, okay, don't call the cops. You're afraid that your daughter's underage drinking at a party. Whatever, whatever the argument is. Right. Your daughter ingested fingernail polish. I promise you nobody in the ER cares how much your, what, 17-year-old daughter drank. They're going to pump her stomach because she's been poisoned, according to you. And again, wouldn't you have said something? Or, your daughter's in the back seat throwing up like crazy. You're saying she got poisoned. Right. I would think her life is more important than any possible bad outcome of taking her to the hospital. I mean, she's... Wouldn't you rather have your daughter tomorrow than... Well, no offense. I mean, and I, this, is, this is me on the edge. Hear me. You've already lost one child. You create this fake facade world with Savannah. You hold her close to chest. You lie about every fucking thing around her. So she's manipulated and scared out of her mind to do anything without your permission or your guidance. And now she's in your backseat throwing up and your story is that she's got a stomach full of fingernail polish. I would think the first damn thing you would do is take her to the hospital. Right. So bullshit. Right. So for the sake of argument. You know, I kind of looked into this at one point right? in depth for several reasons, but I will say this, and it's a two-part, it's a two-part comment. The first comment is, why even make shit up? Right. If your daughter was drinking and she was sick, why tell anyone? Right. It's not like anybody there cared that Savannah was drinking or she got sick or she went home. Why make up the lie? Why make up the story? Right. There's. It's crazy because when you think about what really happened, and this is what happened. I had a long, long conversation with Nicole, okay? And you know Nicole probably right. better than I do. Yeah. But my conversation with Nicole, after 30 minutes of text messages, conversation, the part that's been left out of this is, is that Savannah, as we all know, Savannah weighs, what, 110 pounds soaking wet? Right. We know Savannah doesn't eat. We know Savannah doesn't drink. Hence why she's always dehydrated, passing out. Red flag. That's a whole issue in itself. Right. Red flag. FAA. Let's pay attention to this. You have a soon-to-be pilot that wants to pass out from her drinking and and non-hydration. But more importantly, Savannah was at the New Year's Eve party downstairs with a bunch of people handing around, passing around a bottle of Fireball. Four or five shots I heard four or five shots, three maybe. Bottom line is 
Savannah's it was enough. Sav- well, you know this. Savannah's favorite shot is fireball. So I hate that I agree with her on that. Savannah was drunk. Yeah. At the end of the day, Savannah wasn't poisoned. Savannah was drunk. That's why she didn't go to the hospital. That's right. why they didn't call the police because she was drunk. Right. Angie couldn't let that get out. She had to get ahead of the story. So why kick the Gonzalez's in the teeth and tell people, multiple people, Barry Rucker, Jerry Mundy, you told this story to everyone that she was, your daughter was poisoned. But of course you don't face the press when it's like, well, why didn't you take her to the hospital? Why didn't you call the police? You don't think that far ahead because the shock value is somebody poisoned your daughter. Once again, someone tried to kill your daughter. This is two now. Two attempts on Savannah's life. So, side note, to save face, they didn't poison that girl. No. Nicole's not that person. Nicole can be a little shady, but she's not that person. Juan is not that person. They did not poison this girl. They had a New Year's Eve party that they invited one of their models to. There was tension in the room. No problem. The end of the day. Savannah wanted to be cool. Savannah got drunk. Mama had to take her home. And at the end of the day, no one was poisoned. And it was just a story. The funniest part is nobody would have cared. Nobody would have thought twice. And Angie still made up the story. Absolutely. Just for the sake of making up a story. So closing on the Gonzaleses, those people did not harbor or do anything to that girl that night that had anything to do with fingernail polish. Right. Bottom line is they were just bold-faced liars. And they had to create something to create tension back on Nicole and Skyler. Right. Moving on. With that being said, honorable mention goes to this guy, Jerry Mundy. We've talked about him before. <laughs> we all know Jerry. Yeah. Jerry's Jerry's weird. Like He is a little interesting. Jerry's got this, I block boyfriends on Instagram so they can't see their girlfriend's modeling, which is sketchy to me. Right. Savannah used him a couple times. Savannah had a story one time. Angie did too. Now, again, everything that I tell you is Angie and Savannah. They both. Right. And. Tag team it. They made a comment about those diffusers, those vaporizer yeah. diffusers. And and Jerry's bathroom is where all the girls get, you know, done up and ready to change and come out, you know, jump in the bed or whatever. Right. And they made a comment about how something was in these diffusers, like some kind of chemical, some kind of right. smell. And it was more like, was it lavender or was it? No, right. no, no. It was something else. Like to the point that it was making, in Savannah's own words, very drowsy, very sleepy. Because that's what you want your model to be. Well, right. I mean, you want her to be perky and ready to rock and sexy and hot, not, right. you know, drugged and rape me. I mean, like that's. Right. And for the sake of argument. Maybe maybe he did have diffusers and he did do this, but why would you do it to the model that brings her mother that's sitting in the same room? I don't know. Maybe he wanted... No. no. We want Angie. <laughs> don't even does. go there. Yeah. So I don't Nobody know. I don't, I don't know, but that's the story. That's what I'm saying. Like These are the stories. And then you still go back and work with Jerry, but you bash him. Right. Like, And again, the other thing that I thought was, are you telling the story to other models and other people, so they stay away from Jerry. Right, so Jerry can be yours. Right, because you need a photographer. So Jerry, I want to work with you more. So Jerry can spend that money to get her on a cover. Right. Right? So, 
And and let me say this for face, like Jerry's not bad. He, I mean, there's nobody in this area that's going to put you on the front cover of Vogue. Right. But there's only certain photographers that actually can even get on a major cover like Rolling Stone. Okay. With that being said, there's not any photographers out here that are going to do Savannah justice. Right. Not to mention, again, she's not a a two or three on a scale of a 10 when it comes to modeling. Right. It's not her gig. It's not her thing. So it's it's always been weird when you hear these stories because you're still working with the guy. Right. But you're dogging the guy to the point he's drugging you. Right. So it's it's always been very odd when it came to like photographers and other models and the stories that you heard from Angie. And then when Savannah kind of started going to school, is kind of when everything changed because she wasn't modeling anymore. Right. And that's when the things at the house started getting crazier. People showing up in the middle of the night or going through the backyard or shooting at the house or throwing rocks at the house. Right. Breaking windows or, Jesus, there was one time where a bunch of dead hornets ended up on the front porch, which was back to this whole native thing. I love how they find connections and things that probably aren't connected. Well, I I don't know anything about goddamn hornets. I mean, right. You know, there was a point where Savannah had issues with brakes again, and I took the car to get worked on to get brakes on it. And when we put it in the air, you know, I took pictures of the undercarriage of the car and dude, there was like, you know, as any car, there's scrapes and stuff under the bottom where you hit a curb or bottom out or right. you know, whatever. They found this like cryptic scratching on the bottom of the car that said love. Because that's what it said. Like, I was like, what a fucking raccoon sit under there and spell? Like, right. Maybe you know, it says love if you took some shrooms the same day. Well, all I'm saying is, is that like, this is the reality. It's like. Okay, the car's up in the air. The scratches underneath. We've always felt like somebody's messing with the brake lines. Somebody was under there with some kind of object, and they scratched into the frame of the car cryptic messages. So out there. All of Angie's stories are just, you hear them, and at first you're like, oh, my God, what the heck? And then you think about it for two seconds, and you're like, what? But this is the reality that they live. Like, I'm not, I don't know how to explain it. Like, this is literally every day. I knew that they were out there last night, but you know what? I was just too tired. I just let them just be out there. This is how they live. That's not what people do. This is the story every day to Savannah. It's like. She needs Savannah terrified. But I mean, when do you sleep? Right. I mean. I'd stay, you know, I've stayed over there several times during the relationship, like spent the night and they live in the, con- you know where they live. Like they right. live in the middle of nowhere. Okay. People with their damn trucks, man, and them flags and them horns. You, cause you know, us city boys, we don't have that. Right. Cause you know, right. I'm the city boy to them. Go by and honk their horns and act crazy and run their trucks in the middle of the night. I don't know about you. To me, that seems normal. It is very normal. Okay. Happens all the time. And again, I'm not from that town. I'm just telling you, it's no different than where I live and the dudes run their damn radios so loud that you think it's on your porch. Right. But again, these are the things that Angie does on a daily basis. 
and it trips you out. I mean, she takes pictures of what was it one time she put the uh, those cameras that you buy at Walmart, the hunter cams, trail cams. Yeah, so like when a deer goes by, yeah, you can see they, a deer, right? They well, like take still shots. Yeah. yeah. Well, my argument always was, so what do these cameras pick up? Well, you know, Mike, that's funny you said that. And then she sent you a screenshot. Someone took the memory cards out and laid them on the ground. You know the funny thing about trail cams? They're camouflaged. Again. You're not meant to put them in plain sight, first of all. It's not like they're blinking freaking yellow. like Right. You can't see them, especially at night when they would have had to be doing this. Well, again, she had two of them. So How the my, heck do they know where they are? Well, so it gets better because, you know, here's my argument. So they took the memory cards out and laid them on the ground. So there had to be some moments up to that point before they... Couldn't you see the camera shake or something weird? Right. No, they deleted everything. So not only did they take them out. They brought a computer. Dog, they brought that MacBook in the middle of the night and they were In the open. middle of nowhere. Duh. Seriously. These were things every day that Savannah was given. It was like a daily update of... Well, the memory cards have been taken out. Somebody deleted them. There's hornets on the porch. Um, I've now got an app because we believe that there are drones flying over the house that I can identify drones and know where they're coming from. There's people on the porch. There's people in the driveway. There's people on the side. One day on the side of the house when they pulled in, because like I said, her and her mother go everywhere, right? Right. They pulled into the driveway. You've seen their house. You know what it yeah, looks like. I do. You pull into the driveway, and there's a path right there to go up to the front porch. Yeah. And beside their house is a little bit of desolate wood between that house and the next house. They start getting into an argument, a shouting match with fucking Bigfoot, I guess, like in the middle of the woods, running their mouths, talking shit, kind of like, yo, let's get it on. Let's fight. It's on. Like, seriously. Right. No one calls the cops. That's the theme. No camera catches this. Should we like put a PSA out that like if people are stalking you, the number you call is 911? Like it's three numbers and two of them are the same. Well, I guess my thing is, is that it only happens at Savannah's house or her mother's house or wait a minute. They don't even own a house. The mother still doesn't own a house. It's right. the grandmother's house. Angie owns nothing. Is that weird? It's a little bit of a problem for you. It's like you don't own anything. I don't know how somebody can live and not own a single thing. You don't have a job. You don't own a house. You don't own a car. You've changed your cell phone. I know in two and a half years, four times, three times, minimal. Angie owns nothing. It's all in her mother's name. Right. How do I know this? I'm sure we all want to know. It's not because I go through their shit. We'll talk about this in episode four. Episode four is going to be great. We'll talk about their finances and we'll talk about the things that are going on and the way that that house is set up, which is weird too. Like That's insane. They have two houses that they apparently gave Savannah, but they really didn't give it to Savannah and the house just sits there. We'll talk about that in episode four. But yeah, like starting to kind of wrap this up like you listen to part one you hear jamie and you hear these voices about fake accounts or you hear about these instagram accounts or of course you know savannah's kind of like 
kind of sealed the deal on all this. Like she's pretty much told on herself, told on her mama. Right. Hey, sweetheart. The whole nine yards. Right. You listen to what I have to say now and it's like there's this weird world that Angie lives in. Right. And of course, Savannah lives in it too. It like we all know. I didn't like Savannah long before I found out about all this, but it kind of makes you feel bad for her a little bit. Listen, I love Savannah to death at one point. Okay. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you she could do no wrong. I'm going to tell you that I felt sorry for her because I believe she lived in that fake world where her mother would start taking things from her. I mean, I listened to her mother on, well, not voicemail, speakerphone. Right. When Savannah put her on speakerphone, when they were getting into an argument and she was like, I'll take that car. I'll take that scholarship. You won't have a house. Get get the hell out of that house. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? I mean, and you're listening to this going, this is the household you live in. This is right. the world you live in. She's pissed off because you're not doing your bidding. Right. That is the reality of this. Like towards the end of the relationship and, you know, I hate to say it, but Towards the end of the relationship, I realized that Savannah's mother was pulling more strings than I thought. And, you know, it's sad because I don't think I've ever told this story publicly, I guess. But there was a time where me and Savannah had very big, long talks about getting married, getting engaged. Like she gave me the... You were my guy. I don't want a big wedding. She gave me that rock star wedding. What I wanted. Put a black dress on. Let's go to Vegas. Let's get it done. Let's celebrate at Hard Rock. And you know what? Come back. We're married. Right. And we had that that whole, okay, I'm with it. I mean, we joked about all sorts of things with it to the point that she literally looked me in the face and said, I want to be engaged. I want it to happen before the end of the year. Like at that point, it was like what? Three months before, right? you know, January. I went, obviously, as you know, I went out, I bought the ring, which is strange because there was all positive notes. Her mother was excited. Her mother wanted to be a part of the engagement, which was really weird because Savannah wanted her mother to have no part in it. Right. She didn't want her mother there. She wanted to get engaged. She wanted it to be, she said, she wanted it to be hers. Right. Which is kind of odd, right? It was like the first step Savannah had kind of ever taken to get out from under that world. Right. And for me, I was kind of like, we can do whatever you want to do. Like, I mean, you're still going to come home and be engaged and have a ring on. And again, I bought a ring. Me and my mom, we flew to New York. Right. You know, we we talked to, you know, we talked to the jeweler. I mean, Russell was awesome. We hooked it up. We picked the exact ring. And I mean, you've seen the ring. Yeah. We were ready. We're excited. We decided that it was going to be at one point going to be a December engagement. And then I started having conversations with Savannah and it was like, why wait? Right. And that's when it kind of got weird because I'm getting serious. She's serious. I mean, she's talking dates of when she wants to get married. I mean, she's giving right. me names for kids. And, you know, hey, when I'm done with aviation, da da da, school, no offense to me, that's planning. Right. You know, I mean, that's moving forward, right? 
Right. Her mother's agreeing, having these conversations. And then it was October. And obviously, we all know we do Halloween. Like, October's my time. Right. Sure time to shine. It's it. It's Halloween. I love it. And me and Savannah had this crazy thing about Michael Myers and always like the song. It was just a, it was a thing. And we went, she took break. We went to Disney, did Disney Halloween for a day or two, Mm -hmm. came back early. And I had rented out um, one of our favorite haunted trail, Red Vane. And I'd rented it out for like an hour and a half. Like I'd, I'd set it all up. And they don't do, you know, they don't do characters like Michael Myers or yeah. Jason. Or, you know, they have their own made up characters. Well, they were going to grab me and Savannah out of line and take us to a certain part. And Michael Myers was going to be around the tree and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to hear the, you're going to hear the, you know, right. his thing. And he's going to come out chasing us and it's going to be fun and whatever. And then he's going to hand me her ring box. Right. And I was going to propose there at the haunted trail house, whatever. This was literally the day we got back from, mm-hmm. or the next day from right. Disney. And nobody knew that. Like, um, well, people knew it. She didn't know it. Right. That night is when I had gotten a call about her posting a photo. And the conversation was, Hey, why is Savannah posting a photo of her and Dustin Lynch, a country music guy? Right. And you're not in it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, we had just done the show, like, you know, the week before, you know, whatever. Yeah. And we were, I was finishing up the show, I was backstage, we was like running by the meet and greet. I was like, let's take a picture with him real quick. So there is a picture that is me, her, and Dustin. She cut me out of the photo and posted just the picture of her and Dustin on her Liberty page. Right. You see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was super odd, right? Like, Right. Like that's a major, especially for somebody that was so gung-ho in the beginning of you don't have me anywhere to then do the exact same thing to you, but make it blatantly obvious. And not to mention, I guess maybe this doesn't mean a hill of beans to anybody, but it does to me. That's my job. Like, right. We're backstage with an artist that I work for and I work with. Right. And we're taking a photo with a guy and I'm building that rapport. And here I am just like, you know, here's the love of my life. And da 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 let's take a picture together. And the bitch fucking cuts me out of the photo. And of course, the timing of it is I'm finding this out less than 24 hours before I'm proposing. Right. So I called it out. Did you post a picture of you and Dustin together and cut me out of it? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? Like, are you really serious that somebody's telling me this and I'm going to now have to go get the screenshot? I'm going to have to prove it because we're going to, this is what we're going to argue about. Right. You know, I want answers. I don't want this. Let's not fumble. Again, I'm a little worked up. Here I am. Right. She doesn't. I'm engaged. I'm getting engaged tomorrow. She doesn't know what happens, but you know what is about to happen. This is the the fumble. This is right. the, there's always something that goes quirky before the big game, and here it is. And I'm asking her questions, and she's blowing me off. So, again, not to get into the craziness of this, you know, we she gave me this long story or short story about every time she posts a picture of me and her together, 
she gets hell for it. What do you mean? She gets hell from girls that I used to either work with, date, or had three sentences of a conversation with. Right. She literally says that these girls get on their Instagrams and leave cryptic messages and videos about me to her. Everybody's out for Savannah again. Again. And her mother's like, oh, we watched this one girl talk about your car, talk about, you know, how did she know that you switched? If she wasn't around you, how did she know you were driving a Mercedes? Now you're driving a BMW. Or you and Savannah were just talking about Italy. Why is she buying plane tickets to Italy? Well, I don't know, but I'm not buying tickets to Italy. So how does this have to do with me? Well, why is it Savannah was talking about this exact jacket, a Michael Kors jacket, and this girl's on there wearing one? Right. Because she's the only person in the world that wears Michael Kors? Right. Like, come on, guys. Like, seriously. And more importantly, if that's what's happening, which I'm going to be upfront with you, I don't know because I had blocked all the bullshit riffraff, right? Right. I was a pretty straight arrow dude. Like, this is my girl. This is who I'm with. I don't entertain other bullshit. If it is happening, what the hell does it have to do with me? Like, I'm not doing that. Show me these videos. Let me see what you're talking about. I'll approach him. Right. If it's so cryptic that it's blatant, this is about Mike. Like, I mean, one of them she said was, it's like, she's like a drug. I can take him back anytime I want him. He's addicted to me. Right. Because that's not also about every other guy well i'm not trying to be a dick but do girls really have that much time to go around and worry about shit like that not the ones of us that have lives because at the end of the day i don't know about you but if i want something i'm just gonna tell you i want it i'm just gonna come right out and be like look i want you so i was getting that kind of answer from her well obviously we went to bed that night the next day I'd done some research. Right. I had kind of looked into things. We are Super Bowl Sunday. I'm proposing, and I don't feel good about that answer. You cutting me out of pictures because people give you shit about our relationship. Why does our relationship need to be public? She said, why do we care what people think about our relationship? I'm putting a three and a half carat diamond ring on your hand, and you don't want to represent me? Right. You don't want to represent us? I've said this from day one since you first started telling me this story and, you know, whatever. There's a difference between private and secret. Savannah wanted you to be a secret and have a ring on her finger and it's not how that works. You can be private and not be a secret. To me, it started turning into Savannah wanted to be married. She just didn't want to be a wife. Right. And she wanted all the perks to go along with it because we really didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. And, of course, we'll talk about that next episode too, right? Right. But... More importantly, I called her out and I was like, you know, Savannah, like this is cheating. This is a problem. Not only am I hearing this, now I'm hearing, you know, you've got this Micah guy, you've got this Brandon guy, you've got all these guys at school and you're going off and playing pool by yourself with this guy or you're going to lunch with this guy. You know, there's a lot of guys that are being mentioned here. Right. She started blowing up acting out of sorts, acting not like Savannah acts. Right. She didn't have that dumb look on her face. She was mad that you knew. 
she was scratching at the walls, man. Like she, she wanted to get out. Like she wanted to get out of here. Right. And she, she called her mother on the phone. That's crazy to me. Like she's sitting there putting her mother on speakerphone in an argument. Let's per se, let's say it was an argument. Right. About who are these guys? Why are you taking me out of photos? What's going on? And she's calling her mother and she doesn't know what to say. Mother, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? Like what? You called your mother. You're a full grown adult having an argument with the man who's about to propose to you. And she's calling her mother to get a play by play what to do. In front of you on speakerphone. While she's doing all sorts of other things on the phone, which have led to bigger issues, things that I can't talk about because we have to finish the court case. You can look them up. But, of course, that's all public. But at the end of the day, Savannah had never acted that way in any conversation. Every relationship has an argument about something. Right. She had never acted this way. She had never acted as if she was busted. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's, and, and no offense. Her actions were the tell. You knew, you knew you were right. A hundred percent. You didn't need her to confirm it. You knew 100%. you were right. hundred percent. I hadn't even gone public with 50% of the things that I knew. Right. I didn't have to. She told on herself just by the way she acted or the things that she threw or the spitting or the, all of the things that she did was like, like I said, it was like a, a cat in a bag trying to get out. Right. Like she, she knew she was caught. She knew you knew. She knew there was no backing out of it. And she needed her mother to get her out of the conversation because she didn't know what to do. It's kind of like her mother knew all these things the whole time as well. Right. And here we are. What do I do? I've been busted and I don't know what to say. Right. And I very politely kicked her out of the condo. That was that. And I've never seen her again. I hear from her, and we damn sure know. Real quick, maybe you know this answer in closing. Why do people block you from their Instagrams and their social medias to go open fake accounts to go watch your stories in your account? Why do they do that? That one has always been a little bit mind-boggling to me because I just watch it from my main account. I just really don't care. Well, own your shit. Right. We know... That it's you. I know that these accounts are you, not because I'm guessing, but I have fact it's you. Right. Why do you block me? More importantly, why did you go make your modeling page private again? It's not like I don't see what's going on on that page. It's not like I don't follow it. The same thing with her mother. Why do you make up fake accounts to follow me when we see what's on your page? She has a dream. She just has to keep seeing it. It's just funny to me. Like, I just don't understand. Like, does she think we really don't see what they post on a daily basis? Right. I mean, it's ironic that they haven't. Well, Savannah, I really can see because she has so many fake followers. She couldn't find me out of all of her followers if she wanted to. Well, that's also, I just want to call that out. Can somebody just pay me the money they owe me and stop buying all these attorneys and buying all these fake Instagram followers and just pay me, please? Episode four, Mark. Again, this is the catfish. This is the world that we live in. And you know, it feels good. It feels good to actually just kind of gradually talk about this. And you haven't kicked me in the face yet about why I was around so long. That's a question that I do frequently try to figure out. 
because I, you know, you tell me these stories and I sit here and I'm like, how? Because I know you pretty well. How did you get in this position where you believed these things? Because you tell them to me and I'm like, Mike, that's bullshit. I can't explain why. I'm not going to be that prick and say, I loved her so much I just overlooked everything because you know I don't do that. Right. You know, at some point, you know, some point I call bullshit bullshit. Right. But I love Savannah and I bought into the whole goddamn thing. I mean, I bought a ring. I was ready to. You were in. Yeah. I had set my finances up. I had set, you know, we could live in the country. We could live in the city. We could move to D.C. We could do anything you wanted to do. We were set up for that. But you know what, man? I just I overlooked a lot because I always thought there was a bigger picture. And I right. know that sounds nuts. And I know that I always felt like I could overlook. What, what did I say? It's amazing the amount of shit you put up with not to put up with shit. I feel like you looked into the future and you saw a day in which you could be with Savannah and she would walk away from Angie. And you know what? I thought that it wasn't. And she showed that to you. And she did. And the things that she said, I mean, there was there were there were glimpse of hope. Like there were things that she said, secrets, things that go on in her house and things that go on with Angie that, you know, Angie would fucking flip if I knew. Right. Which we gonna talk about. Right. But there were things that Savannah gave me or told me that made you think she was ready to walk away from her mom. Right. Into the real world. She realized the manipulation that her mother had done to her. She said it. She told my mother like she, she had that conversation where she basically beat her mother and her grandmother into the wall about it. It was a generational thing where her grandmother had manipulated Angie and Angie does it to Savannah and Savannah saw it. She saw the light for a second. And every time she'd see it, I don't care. I don't know how it would happen, but Angie would just, Dig really those right back dirty in. claws back in. Yeah. I mean, when it came down to it, final hour, she couldn't even have a fight with you. She had to call her mom. She did. Final hour, she turned back to her mom. And she's doubled down on it every day since. Well, let me tell you. I'm out of it now. Catfish part two is done. Those days are behind me. Except for these two court dates. Shout out to your attorney. That didn't work out well for you. <laughs> but more importantly... I'm done with it. I'm happy. I'm in a good place. I've got great people around me. Wicked Sermon is booming. The numbers are rolling. I'm getting close to that half a million stream mark for Rock the Mic and Wicked Sermon. I'm getting close. Thank you for being such a topic that would allow me to get there because people like train wrecks. Gotta love the shit show. Kinsey, I'm glad that we met through this whole thing. And I feel like, you know... You're going to still be a part of it somehow. I just don't know how. I'll stick around. School's going good for you. And yep. Liberty and Justice for All will come out. That is coming. Um, we had a little bit of, I wouldn't say a derailment, but we kind of had a... Some things came up. Yeah, some new th- new things came up. And I think that, you know, Catfish, it was time. Liberty, it's coming. So look out for that. I mean, we're going to be talking about David Hart. We're going to be talking about Heart of the Matter, Papa Professor. I mean, we're going to blow it out of proportion, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be awareness, and I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy with this episode.
Um, I'm happy where it went. I'm glad you were involved. And you know what? Keep watching on Instagram, man. I think <laughs> that, I think that, you know what? I'll just give you my passwords at this point. I'm just saying, I, I don't need your passwords because I know they're there. You know what? And, and you know, Savannah's been a little MIA lately. I think it's because, hey, sweetheart, kind of, that voicemail kind of hurt. That got a little scary. It hurt. And you know what? God bless the Stanley Cup. That's all I can say. Thank you. I got you. mine right here. Don't Thank, you love it? I got one too. It's uh, over there with some boots. <laughs> I'm signing off. This is Catfish 2. We'll be back soon. Liberty Justice for All. Wicked Sermon Instagram, TikTok. Find me. Some of you already have, and I appreciate it. And again, thank you for the feedback, and we will see you soon with another crazy episode. Mark, I think, is going to be the next episode for, well, no, we've got we've got to do Liberty and Justice for All. Then we've got Mark, and then we've got a, a Valentine's Day special. Liberty and Justice for All is next. So watch that, and don't forget. Oh, you've got to say it. Indecent Liberties, the video, it's coming. It's special. It's so good. It's special. It's saucy. It's special. And it is Mike Klein at his fullest. Photog, rock gods. I guess this is Mackenzie signing off too for the night. We will see you again and can't wait to see all the shit you post. Ladies and gentlemen, Wicked Sermon. Yeah, I'm coming, baby.